You're listening to Hump Day News and Rumors on Mousecapades Radio. Get ready for something majestic. The following is an original production of the Mousecapades Radio Network. Now, from the Mousecapades Studios, here are your hosts. Happy Hump Day, Mousecapades listeners. This is Vicki, and I'm here with Stephanie and Chrissy. We hope that you're all staying safe, happy, and healthy. This is episode 826, and you're listening to the number one podcast that entertains that space between your ears, the Mousecapades and More podcast. Just a reminder that the Mousecapades and More podcast is a part of the Your Story Travel Company. If you're looking to book a trip, we'd be glad to help. Just text Chrissy, Vicki, or me, Stephanie, at 636-373-4497, and we'd be happy to get with you to design a magical vacation. A small refundable deposit of $200 will hold your resort and ticket package, so contact one of us today. So we told you that Hollywood Studios was going to open up the old Pixar place that makes me sad every time I walk by it because it was so vibrant and full of people in the years past and probably makes Chrissy sadder than me because that's her home. But that they were going to put the characters there for meet and greets, which I think is a good use. And I'm glad that they're doing that. Well, it was not supposed to open until Sunday, May 14th. And it actually opened a day early, which sometimes happens at Disney World, but not all the time. So it was exciting for people, the guests that were there on Saturday had the opportunity. They had like a soft opening um, to see beyond those brown walls again that used to lead to, uh, what is it? Streets of America, right? It used to be to Backlot Tour and Streets of America. Right. All the good old days. Mm-hmm. And they got to greet Edna Mode, Mr. Incredible, Ale- Mr. Incredible, Elastigirl, Frozone, and Steph Sully's going there now. Yay, good. Okay, I'm glad they have a place for him. He's the one that needs to be outside. I mean, inside in the air conditioning because he's so furry and hot. True. But if you're headed to Hollywood Studios anytime soon, go make sure you go by Pixar Pier. I'm sorry, Pixar Place and get your picture with some of our favorite Pixar pals. You go to Pixar Pier, it's much further away. Yes, it's on the it's on the West Coast. Yes. Chrissy will be there in just one short day. When when this podcast is airing. And when this podcast is airing, it will be what, Chrissy? My birthday. Yay! And it's a big special birthday, too. Yes, a milestone birthday. It's the new 40. Woo-hoo! Right. My Disneyland celebration. Celebrating in Disneyland. So exciting. Yes. And I can't wait to give my trip report. When you get back, you'll be doing one with, with Vicki? I will. I will. Absolutely. Good, good. You could do it with me. Oh, yeah. All right. So we've got um, Space 220 Restaurant. We all have heard so much about space 220 um it's the experience it takes guests into space to have some intergalactic fare it has a quite unique menu already but it's added some new appetizers meals and drinks and of course dessert to the menu um i am excited for some of the names at least of these because I think it's brilliant that since this is a space themed restaurant, some of these are going to be themed with like Guardians of the Galaxy. So that was exciting to me. Um, one of well, there's three new appetizers. We've got the seafood cannelloni rockets. So there's shrimp, scallops, snappers, saffron cream with 
uh, saffron cream sauce, uh, salmon caviar. Ew, does not sound delicious to me. <laughs> um, and chives. <laughs> I'm not a seafood person, so that. Oh, at all? No. Oh, yum. That to me was just like yuck, but I'm sure a lot of people would enjoy it. It sounds delicious. <laughs> I was excited about the name of this one. Neptuna Tartar. It's sushi uh, grande yellowfin tuna, avocado cream, mango coulee. I don't What is coulee? I have no idea. Do you want me to look it up? No, it's all right. I'm assuming some sort of like a mango, maybe sauce or something. Uh, or glaze, I don't know. Adamame wonton crisp yuzu dressing. And then there was also roasted asparagus soup that has jumbo lump crab meat, roasted poblano and red peppers, citrus, chili, oil, and croutons. So those are all very um, ocean themed. <laughs> There's a <laughs> lot of stuff from the sea there. So not my, not my favorite, but um, like I said, Lots of people love seafood. So, um, and then there are some new entrees. There's the tomahawk pork chop. There we go. That's better for my taste. Uh, slow roasted 16 ounce Neiman ranch pork chop, corn flan, sockatash, and then sliced applesauce. Then there's a pan roasted swordfish, uh, cappuccino. And there's shrimp, little neck clams, Prince Edward Island mussels, tomato, fennel, seafood broth, toasted garlic bread. I like the bread part of that. <laughs> Bam. Yeah, the carbs. And then the desserts. Okay, this is this is where I can um, do better. We've got vanilla bean Greek yogurt parfait. Um, this one I thought originally like, okay, like, Greek yogurt parfait, kind of boring. But then I was reading everything in this and it's quite interesting. There's black sesame crumble on it, which didn't seem like it went with yogurt, but I'm going to, I'm going to trust what they're doing there. They're, they're masters at all of it. There's that yuzu curd, uh, macerated blackberries, basil, blackberry sauce. That to me is worth a try. Um, there's a cosmic cupcake, which is on the kids menu. It's chocolate vegan devil's food cake topped with vanilla frosting and galactic sprinkles. Pretty straightforward there. And then Fruity Pebbles cereal rocket pop also on the kids menu. Fruity Pebbles, marshmallow and a chocolate rocket. Yeah, I'm going to stick with the cosmic cupcake there. <laughs> you don't want to try that vanilla bean Greek yogurt parfait? Well, they had me until they included something called curd. What's a yuzu curd? A citrus fruit of East Asian origin. Oh, I like I like citrus. Yeah, see? So think about lemon, blackberry, like, hmm. That might be good. Is it a frozen yogurt or like a yogurt, like a breakfast yogurt? I would say it's like a breakfast yogurt based yeah, on Yeah, I think it's just a like. yogurt. I know. I wish it was a frozen yogurt too. <laughs> if you've had lemon curd before, because you make lemon... Yeah, like a like a lemony pudding almost. Correct. That's they, what they said it tastes most like. Okay, I I could maybe do that. So it's less of a pudding though. Like pudding is more like a milk based. This is just like a puree of the lemon, squishy lemon. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that actually kind of maybe sounds good. I mean, they seem to know how to put things together that we don't. They are the expert. Shell. 
To me, though, that kind of sounds more like a breakfast food than a dessert. <laughs> yeah. I'll true. take that for breakfast. Right. It sounds refreshingly breakfast-like. But that tomahawk pork chop does sound good. It sounds not, air quote, weird. So I could look at a menu and be like, I could eat this. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I would want to order the Neptuna Tartar because I'm like, that's a fun name. But Tartar means raw. I, well, that's why I said I would want to, but I would oh. never, ever do it. It's just because Neptune from Guardians. So oh, Neptuna. Okay. Why, why would anybody order raw, raw fish and then walk around hot Epcot all day? I don't know. But that's just a recipe for disaster. That, that's what they sell in that Japanese kiosk. <laughs> True. <laughs> I'm just not that adventurous. <laughs> no. I ate the seafood donut and it was very good. That's the only raw fish I've ever had. <laughs> you are way more, more daring than I. Speaking of daring, the third and final installment in the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise restored their hope in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It was dark. It was gritty. It was still funny. It was fun. But on top of all that, all that, the cast shined. It was a touching farewell. But for some of the actors, it was a return to the Marvel Cinematic Universe in a different role. Guardians Volume 3 was a bit of an emotional roller coaster, to say the least. From the outset, Marvel fans knew that this would be different from the art other Guardians they had seen to this point. Well, listeners, I had the opportunity to go and see Guardians 3 not once, but twice in the last week, and it did not disappoint. Um, we did have tickets opening weekend, but as you may remember, Michael got sick, so we canceled our opening weekend tickets. Michael and I saw it once last Tuesday. We loved it so much that we saw it again with my husband on Mother's Day. And my thoughts, it is the second best MCU movie behind Endgame. Wow. Ooh, okay. Like it tied up the franchise beautifully. I walked out of the theater after seeing it the second time, ready to purchase tickets to see it a third time. I love it so much. How hard did you cry? How many tissues are we gonna need? Bring a box of tissues. Even seeing it the second time, knowing how it was going to end, I still cried like a baby. Michael didn't cry the second time. He did cry the first time. Oh, wow. In one critical scene, I had to hand him terrible movie theater napkins. napkins. Um, because I could hear him sniffling and snorfling. Aww. I knew he would. And he he said it was an emotional roller coaster through the whole movie. I know last week we kind of touched a little bit on the aspect of some parents being concerned of the animal cruelty aspect of it. Yes. I would say if you are concerned, do not take your child to see it. Yep. Because Rocket's backstory, while it is a very major, major point of the movie, um, and I do not want to give any spoilers away because I would not do that, it could probably be scary for young children. My brother, who is also an agent with your story, has a daughter who is in kindergarten, who is a huge fan of the Guardians, like she's been watching them since she could talk, loves the Guardians, um, but he won't take her to see it because he, they're seeing it this weekend, but he won't take her to see it because he's heard it's a little too intense. He'll wait and have, watch it with her on Disney+. Plus. That's how we are. My sister and her family 
saw it last weekend and my niece just turned nine and I asked if Molly was scared by Rocket's bath backstory and she said Molly was not scared but she was intrigued and angered by it. Oh. Um, as a nine-year-old, she was more mm. like the animal activist end of it. So my friend who's, who took her family, who has a, she has an older son, but also a first and a fifth grader. The fifth grader cried through some key parts of the movie, including Rocket's backstory, but the first grader fell asleep. So it didn't help. Oh. <laughs> her insight did not help. Um, I will say if you know a little bit about Star-Lord's backstory and you live in St. Charles County, because Peter Quill is supposed to be from St. Charles County. I don't know if you ladies knew that. I don't think I did know that. I didn't either. His mom supposedly worked at the Dairy Queen here in Harvester. Oh, funny. That's a big, huge component of Peter's background. Yeah, he grew up in St. Charles County. Stay for the end credits. And there's a key little, you always stay for the end yeah. credits, but there's a cute little shout out to St. Charles County in the cool. end credits. So look for that. And I'll just say it just ties up family, friends. The soundtrack is amazing. Their best one. I've listened to it nonstop. It's just their best one yet. The best MCU since Endgame. It puts my faith back in the movies. Yay. Makes the movies fun again. Yay, good, good, good. So, yes, but but I would, if you've had any hesitations about taking children, I would say maybe not take your children. It's a good enough of a movie that you could always go and watch it yourself first and decide if you want to take your children to see it. Have a date night. That's what my brother and his wife, they're going and seeing it this weekend, and he will watch it when it's streaming with his daughter. He thinks it's a little too intense without having seen it first. He just based on what he's heard. There's a lot out there to read. If parents are concerned, they can read more background. You're just trying to be good. And I appreciate that, that we're not spoiling it for somebody. I mean, I haven't seen it yet either. And I want to see it also. There are a lot of plots going on in this movie. I will say that it's two and a half hours. Did you make it the whole time? I did. Michael did not both times. (laughs) My husband did. He did not have to get up. But let me tell you, after that last end scene credit, I ran <laughs> to the ladies' room. I purposely like limited my liquid consumption. Man, it was tough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I told you to it wear is... a Depends. I don't know. <laughs> true, true. It was a long movie. We did see a preview for the Marvels. We saw a preview for um, The Little Mermaid. We saw a preview for Elemental, the new Pixar movie. And when Michael and I saw it on Tuesday, we saw it in the 3D, the big fancy screen with the surround where it sounded like they were all around all around us. And then on Sunday, we saw just the regular. Didn't make a difference whether we saw it in 3D or not. It didn't really impact our viewing experience. It was great either way. Yeah. So my next story is a sad story, but at the same time, um, it gives me hope that there is still humanity in the world. It was given to us by one of our uh, colleagues, Brandy. If you've had any loss in your family of any kind, you may want to fast forward through this story. (music) 
So this woman posted on a Disney fan social media account that she wanted to thank the women that helped her in the bathroom on Thursday, May 11th, the BR guest restaurant in the Magic Kingdom. She apparently went into labor prematurely and delivered her baby in the bathroom. They didn't know the gender. They had chose not to know. And it was a little girl. One of the guests, her name was, she said, was Margaret. And she was the nurse. And she delivered the sweet little girl. Another guest actually took her shirt off to wrap the baby in. Unfortunately, her little baby didn't make it. But the girl wanted to reach out in case these women's, the excuse me, these women were on social media site to thank them. I just feel it's important that we spotlight stories like this, not for the sadness, but to know there are still good people in this world. I know there's been a lot of fighting and stuff at Disney. And although this story is sad, these people stopped and helped her. And I've seen situations where people just walk on by and don't help others. And so I, this made my heart happy to know that these people were with her and she wasn't alone. Like, cause her husband obviously wasn't in the bathroom with her. And we know that everybody doesn't believe the same as we do on this podcast, but we all believe in the power of prayer. And so I'm asking for you, because I've already been doing it, to please pray for this poor family, that God will give them comfort and give them peace so that they can mourn their child as they may need and hopefully be able to have another one. This just breaks my heart for her. Oh, yeah. Very, very sad story. Because I know somebody commented something mean on there. I never heard this and Chrissy worked there. So she may, that if you actually have a baby on property, do they get a lifetime pass to Disney world? I've heard that. I've never known anyone to have a baby on property. So I don't know. I don't know the legitimacy of that. I would go out on a limb and say the answer is probably no. That's a really dumb idea for Disney to offer something like that because then people are going to try. Well, somebody said, well, I wasn't sure if this is one of those cases where someone tried to have a baby. And I was like, no, this does not sound like a case where somebody's trying to have a baby early. I think it was very early from what I was reading. I feel like she was like 20 weeks or something. I mean, I'm hoping she got proper medical. Uh, Yeah, I think they did say they took her to the hospital. Like, you know, that it wasn't just two people who attended to her and like sent her on her merry way. Like, no, no, I think they just assisted because it was a quick thing happening. I think it happened before they could get someone there. And so these people stepped up. Good. People are in the right place at the right time. And you're right. There are so many people who just walk on by. Not my problem. And I'm just glad that there were people who are compassionate enough to help her out. We will be thinking and praying for that mother. For sure. So crazy story could have had a much different ending. This one happened at Disneyland where you'll be soon, Chrissy. There was a little girl who just barely escaped being plowed down by an ECV. I mean, we know those things sometimes come in hot, right? Um, Well, this mother has a video of the entire incident. The video is of her young daughter. She was playing with Disney cast members in an area not designated as a walkway. As the young girl begins to run back to her mother, a scooter comes barreling through at top speed and it just barely missed the little girl. So there were comments that backed her, but then there were people telling her that she should have taught her daughter to look before crossing the street. It wasn't a street. (laughs) 
Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Only to have others say that this isn't a walkway or a speedway for EVC, so or ECV. So basically, people are just arguing in the comment section. The ECV driver was clearly at fault with this, in our opinion. Um, the mom kindly responded. She was just trying to make sure other parents were aware and that she wasn't trying to cause controversy. Um, I'm sorry. You're at Disney, you know, they're small children. So watch where you're going. It's just like when you're driving around a park with your car, yeah. you need to slow down. Yes, you're in a parking lot, but very well, a child could dart out at any moment. Does that give you right to just plow them over and be like, well, you should have taught that kid to look both ways before you cross the street. Like, come on, people have right. some common sense. Be a human. I don't think we ever, what happened to, you? to treat others the way you want to be treated? Just the bashing of, you know, parents is like, oh, it's the mom's fault. No, it wasn't. And I'm sure that I'm sure that mother has had that conversation with her child to look both ways. But it mm-hmm. doesn't mean that a small child is just going to automatically do that every single time. Well, if you watch the video, it reminds me of Lucy and Teddy when they get excited. They had just seen this character and been playing with a character. And I think she was so excited to go back and talk to her mom about it. It was a completely innocent thing. And I feel like there was enough notice for this person that they should have been on like five miles per hour, not 40. You know what I'm saying? Like, And and the thing with ECVs, and again, I've only used ECVs twice in my travels at Disney. I used it one day in October and one or two days in my trip earlier last spring. They're not designated to be speed vehicles. Right. And Disney purposely sets their ECVs so they don't go fast. And I'll tell you, when I was chugging along in an ECV, when I was there for the 5K last February, you know, I'm just going putt, 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 putt. And somebody else who was on a Disney ECV, they're like, can you believe how slow these things go? My husband's on a, you know, from another scooter company and and look how fast his goes. And I'm thinking, they told me that they keep theirs slow. Disney, you know, the cast member, they where, when I rented mine, they keep theirs slow on purpose for safety. And I'm right. not saying not to rent them from another company because many times they're cheaper and more convenient, you know, because you can rent them for a week or so at a time. But just keep that in, you know, you have to keep that in mind. You don't need to be going 10 or 15, you know. You have to be mindful when you're using that ECV. I think the other frustrating thing is that, that she didn't even apologize. Like, you know, okay, so you're you're barreling down. When you see that child running, you almost hit them. Probably a good idea for you to stop and say, oh my goodness, are you okay? Like, right. no, just totally. The ECV is not there to get you from point A to point B faster. It's supposed to be there to help you. Just get to point A to point from point right. A to B. I, I think it, it just boggles. I ah entitlement. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> right, indeed. This has been a topic that has come up a lot on our podcast, and it has to do with the live action movies. Do they live up to the hype that the original animated movies did? This has come up in social media this week, and we wanted to see what others thought. Critics of the remakes prefer to leave the original movies to stand on their own. After all, Disney's best movies gave us incredible characters and many Disney movie soundtracks are iconic. The animated movie versions of Disney movies inspired Walt Disney World and Disneyland rides. Fans take to social media to comment on details ranging from the appropriateness of messaging, as in turning red, 
to the character's weirdness, Lilo and Stitch live-action remake to come, The Little Mermaid has been under a huge controversy as soon as Disney revealed that this movie was in production. From Flounder to Sebastian, and that we have talked about poor Halle Bailey that has endured more than anyone should have for being The Little Mermaid. You know how we feel. We would love for you to text in and tell us how you feel about all of the Disney live-action movies. We truly want to hear both sides. Please text us at 636-373-4497. We will share what you text us on the show next week. Yeah, I apologize, Chrissy, because I thought you'd been on it because it's it's been a huge topic. It's um Matt and Sarah's pet peeve for sure. Um, they don't like all the, the remakes. And, and my son, which is interesting because that's a different generation. But he's just like, I hear all the time, Toy Story was so wonderful. He goes, Mom, why was it so wonderful? Because it was new. Right. It was fresh. It wasn't a remake of something that we already know. And he said, yes, I know we read books over again and we watch movies over again, but that doesn't mean we want to watch multiple of the same movie over and over again. Right. And and it, this is very interesting because today I got my nails done in preparation for Disneyland. They're Disney 100 purple. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. And my friend who did my nails when we usually pop in something Disney to watch. And when we did my nails last time, we started the live action Aladdin. And today we finished the live action Aladdin because I'm like, I don't like live action movies. I don't want to watch live action movies. And she insisted that if she was going to do my nails, I was going to watch a live action movie that she liked. And she told me Aladdin wasn't bad. And I watched it and I liked it. I like it too. I like that one too. I didn't think it was bad. No, it's not. I don't think they're bad either. I enjoy them. I think Matt and everybody who's complaining about it is just saying, like, Disney, are you are you drawing a blank? Like, it's not just like, we don't want you to make those anymore. It's like, but, but we want you to still come up with new stuff, too. Stop wasting all your time and money on and resources on these. Well, I mean, and I think that they're just pouring so much into them. And why? Well, right. I mean, they're, they can just be pouring so much create. I mean, well, I mean, think about it. 20 years ago, when Lilo and Stitch came out, everyone's like, what in the world is this movie about an alien crashing into, you know, what? Pretending it's a dog and being adopted by two sisters in Hawaii that lost their pain. What? What is this movie about? But what a stroke of creative genius that created one of the most iconic characters. You either love him or hate him. There's no doubt about that. That Stitch oh, yeah. is one of the most popular char- modern characters that has been made. I don't. I don't know. They just. They haven't. Ha- to me, they haven't had that new spark. They just keep rehashing some of the old stuff. Right. And they need that that new spark again. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen it in a while. So I. I'm. I'm fifty fifty. Yeah, I'm still hopeful. So this is exciting. Uh, the first signage has been installed at the Journey of Water. It was inspired by Moana that's in Disney's Epcot behind the orb. The Twitter user BioConstruct took some aerial photos showing that the signs were installed in this long-awaited part of Epcot or Walcott, as Matt likes to call it. According to CEO Bob Iger, Journey of Water, inspired by Moana is the last step in the years-long Epcot reimagining. It's expected to open later this year, along with Dreamers Point, Communicore Hall, and Communicore Plaza. 
um, Journey of Water concept art shows fooling waterfalls as well as water jumping over paths. The giant Tafiti statue sits next to a pool of water near the back of the attraction, which uh, I told you, I don't know how many weeks ago now, you could go on the Today Show was there interviewing when they first installed that. Um, it's part of the World Nature Neighborhood of Epcot and it's set to open this fall. I cannot wait. I hope it is open when I go there in October. I hope you guys are too. How about you guys? Are you looking forward to finally seeing this imagined out? I, I'm excited to see it come to fruition. Yes. Just because the construction walls have been up forever. Right. I don't know what I'm more excited for, the walls to come down or what's behind the walls. <laughs> right. But you get two for one, Steph. <laughs> I know. I I mean, I am very excited for this area. It's just, golly, having the the walls gone will be wonderful as well. Right. Be like, What's it like to walk from one side to the other? I, I don't remember. I know. Crazy. I just think they'll be welcome attractions. And you said that was the walls are coming down when? He said by fall. Okay. Well, something that has happened is um, obviously Happily Ever After is back. And because the seasons are changing, the time is also going to change. So the show is now going to be from 9 to 9.20 each night because we know that summer, it gets later, darker. The first time change since the guest's favorite nighttime show returned on April 3rd. Um, it This time of year, the sun's going to be setting at around 8.26. And so right now with the sun setting at 8.08, this means about an hour um, later is when the show will begin. And then of course, you know, closer to 30 minutes later in the summer. So, um, it made sense for them to move the time back, which they typically do over the summer. If you are wanting to go see Epcot forever or, uh, Fantasmic, those have been kind of typically doing a show at about nine o'clock as well. So just have nine o'clock in your head. And as Stephanie just told us, summer is coming, which means more daylight. Because of this, Disney extend is extending the hours at the Magic Kingdom and Hollywood Studios for the last week of May and into June. At the Magic Kingdom, early entry will remain 8.30 a.m. to 9 a.m. for Disney Resort guests, with 9 a.m. being the opening time for guests staying off property. May 30th through May 30th and June 2nd, Previous hours were 9 a.m. to 10 p.m., and the new hours are 9 a.m. to 11 p.m. Hours remain unchanged for June 1st, and the Magic Kingdom will close at 10 p.m. that evening. On May 31st, extended evening hours. Previous hours were 10 p.m. to midnight, with new hours being 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. for those uh, deluxe resort guests. I love those hours. At Hollywood Studios, here are the changes. Early entry remains unchanged for this park and will last from 8 a.m. to 8.30 a.m. each day. May 28th, the previous hours were 8.30 a.m. to 9 p.m. The new hours are 8.30 a.m. to 10 p.m. May 29th through June 3rd, the previous hours were 8.30 a.m. to 9 p.m. And the new hours are 8.30 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. Hooray! Yay, I love longer summer days. Thank goodness. There's more park time. Amen. Exactly. So here is a rumor, 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 rumor. I feel like we need to pre preface that because sometimes they do become true. And also because in my heart, I'm hoping this one comes true. 
Disney's recently applied for two permits. And while the first permit is for general construction, that could be about anything at Hollywood Studios. So it's going to be hard for us to pinpoint. However, the second permit is for a building termed as post-production Little Mermaid in Disney's Hollywood Studios. Um, It seems to include the entire building that is housed there, the currently closed Voyage of the Little Mermaid show and the Walt Disney Presents. Now, um, we told you that the Voyage of the Little Mermaid has been closed, or we've told you this in the past for years now, after not reopening when the pandemic was over. Well, not technically over because we still have cases, but you know what I mean? That wasn't causing everything to be shut down. The permit only gives the general ad- address. So it's possible that the work could be being done um, on the Little Mermaid show or on the Walt Disney present side. We really don't know. And we do know that the Little Mermaid is having a meet and greet, but I believe that already began based on what we read last week. They um, So people were wondering if that permit is tied to that or not, or could it be tied to changes being made in the Little Mermaid show that maybe perhaps possibly one day could lead to something finally being available in there like character meet and greets. That's what I would like. We want more. We want more. Just something in that space, that whole area just needs a re and I've preached it on this podcast before that whole area just needs a revamp. Right. It sure does. I mean, it was, it was great for what it was, but that whole area just needs to be reimagined. It's desolate. And I know one of the vloggers the other day was just like, look at this. There's nobody in this area. When the park opens, it's like, you have freedom. If you want to take some cool fi- uh, pictures in front of Launch Bay, knock yourself out because there really was nobody in there. Right. Well, speaking of things being closed because of COVID, um, it has been nearly three years after Walt Disney World closure in 2020. Things aren't nearly back to normal yet, but they are getting there step by step. Um, and this newest reopening is an exciting one. Um, it's the Disney princesses. You can see them again in Epcot. Guests are able to visit Akershus Royal Banquet Hall in Epcot's Norway Pavilion. I always just call it the Norway Pavilion Princess Dinner. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or I just call it the Royal Banquet Hall. But yes, they have um, they, their back. And so the character dining resumed for breakfast service as well because they've been doing dinner for a while now. Correct. But now you can also get it for breakfast. This was really hard to get for dinner um, for clients this entire year. Like I, I know I had clients in um, March that that went um, and in April and it was a, a tricky reservation to get. But we, we did get it. I think that now that it's open for breakfast as well, um, this is going to make it just a little bit easier to get because now we have more options for people. They can get their princess fix. Um, I also like the idea of the breakfast because breakfast is served family style. And, you know, I love a family style meal rather than a buffet. So the first course is a platter of pastries. It's got meats and cheeses as well. Breakfast is $53 per adult and $34 per child. The main course includes Norwegian waffles, eggs, sausage, bacon, and a potato casserole with cheese. The main event, of course, is the princesses from Aurora to Tiana, Snow White, Ariel, and Belle. They all come out to greet guests as they eat. They love on the guests and they pose for photos and those photos will make memories that will last a lifetime. I cannot wait to take Lucy here. 
that's a great price on that breakfast. Yeah. That, that's an amazing price. For all those princesses. Holy the cow. other thing is their dinner options are a little bit um, obscure, different. They're yeah, they're for people who have picky eaters or who are picky eaters themselves. Mm-hmm. Made too, Christy. <laughs> um, I don't really feel like paying that much money for food that I know I'm not going to eat, right. just so I can meet all the princesses. So I'm loving that they have a normal breakfast menu, and it's cheaper than what dinner is. So super exciting. And where I'm not a huge breakfast eater, I would do breakfast here in the morning and then I would hop over to Garden Grill for a delightful dinner. Yes. That's a great dinner. We often just do like a brunch because, yeah, I'm not going to get up and eat a huge breakfast at nine o'clock in the morning. And I also don't want to like that's when the crowds aren't that bad. But if you go at a 1030 or something, then you don't have to eat lunch. You can just do two big meals. Indeed. Yeah. All right. Villains are loved by many Disney fans, myself included. We have talked about the fact that Disney fans would love if the blue sky idea mentioned at D23 came true. Villains land. While that is just a blue sky idea, Disney guests love getting to meet and greet with the villains. This past Saturday, May 13th, Anastasia and Drizella, Cinderella's ugly stepsisters, hopped aboard Prince Charming's regal carousel. They surprised guests and many grabbed pictures and videos because it was just so out of the ordinary to see these two crazy villains on a ride. It's a cute video. You guys need to look at it. They went on a ride? They got on the carousel. I love that. How fun. And um, but they've been saying it's slow. So I wonder if they just, you know, when there's not as big of a crowd, they can they're not being swarmed, you know, like they're not fighting to get through or anything. So how fun it made it sound like they just jumped on. Right. I've I've been watching a lot of Disneyland videos in preparation for my trip. And I see them doing that occasionally at Disneyland. But I think it is because the crowd's at certain times of the year are more local. So they're kind of a little, the crowds are a little thinner so they can, characters can kind of just walk through like they used to when I was a little girl at Disney World. If you will look at my parents' old photos, it was, they didn't have formal meet and greets. You, They would just literally walk out onto the street and you would just kind of get your picture with them as you could. Now you get trampled or killed. Yeah, right. Now people would push Pushing would be nice at some of the stuff that's gone on. Right. (laughs) It's not nice. Let me rephrase that. But it would seem nice next to some things we've seen. I saw a really fun video of Anastasia and Drizella. And they got to announce what a couple was having. having? Yes. Yes. They had like an envelope that had it's a boy or it's a girl. And they were going to have a different princess, their favorite princess, do it and they ended up talking the couple and they um the couple came back later in the day and they were like okay you guys were so much fun i think we actually we changed our minds and we want you to do it and they were so uh, excited was on tiktok yeah i need to look for that i'll just send it i think i saved it because it was just so cute they were so much fun well thank you so much to my mom and to gracie lola and margaret at fairmont elementary and margaret's mom amanda lee and crystal in california Samantha, Kelly, Jenny, and Ange in Missouri. Ange is going to go on my couples trip with me. That just all occurred this week, so I'm pretty excited about that. 
Andrew in Florida, we need cookies, especially in July. I just need you to get those July cookies because I don't know anybody that's, well, Gina's going, but she doesn't live by me. She can't bring me cookies. Travis in Alabama, Ashley and Ben in Tennessee, Karen and Megan in Georgia, Gina in North Carolina. And last, but certainly not least, Steph's mom, Brenda. And Brenda, we are praying for you and your husband, your whole family, actually. Um, Let us know if we can do something for you. We appreciate you all and we love you and being able to celebrate the magic with you every week. Thank you all for joining us. Thanks for listening. And please go to Apple or Podbean and give us a rating and a comment. It really means a lot to us. And we, of course, love hearing from you guys. Be sure to let us know what you want to hear more about. We're always reshaping our show to cater to our listeners' needs. If you are interested in being a guest on our show, or if you have a question or comment, just text us at 636-373-4497. You can check us out on our social media account, The Monoscapades Podcast, on Facebook. If you would like a free quote, contact Chrissy, Stephanie, or Vicki at 636-373-4497. Be sure to listen to Friday's show. Matt, Rebecca, and I will be playing Disney Would You Rather. Join us and see if your answers match up with ours. As always, thanks for listening to the number one podcast that entertains that space between your ears, the Mousecapades and More podcast. Well, girls, I think it's about that time. Disney love. Bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Have a magical day, my friends. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing. It was all started by a mouse.